when the universe presents us opportunities, we sit and say, we don't have time, or we don't have money, or we don't have opportunity. We don't have all these things, and we stop ourselves from growing to it. But here's the thing, what I've learned in my life is that the universe gives you the opportunity when you're ready for it. So every moment of your life, you get an opportunity to make decisions. And these decisions all stem from fear. Every single one of them. Every decision you make that keeps you in shrinking thinking keeps you from fear. No matter what. Every single one of them. We sit and say things like, you know what? Um, I don't have time. People say things like, I don't have time to do things. I don't have time to make my dreams come true. Can you imagine? I don't have time to, to, to do what I want to do. Imagine if Bill Gates or, or Steve Jobs, I don't have time to, to go live my expression of life. But here's the interesting I've learned about time. It's never the right time. It never is. I was 26 years old. I had just opened my practice. And three weeks in, my wife comes to me. I mean, I pra opened my practice on $8.42. $8.42 in my bank account. I didn't have lots of money. I didn't come from lots of wealth. So if you say, well, he's like, he a doctor. He was making 300 grand a year this or a month. That's not where I started. I opened the doors. I had no money in my bank account at $8.42 in my bank account. I opened my entire practice, entire practice on $3,000. I'm a bootstrap guy. $3,000, I opened the entire practice. I had these tables that were green. I had the, the chairs that were ugly green. <laughs> they were disgusting. Like, it was ugly as I didn't care. I said, you know what? I'm resourceful, and I'm going to serve the hell out of my clients. And I found a way to serve my clients. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go out, and I'm going to make a difference in people's lives, and I'm going to go change the world by stepping one time at a time. I'm not going to sit and say that these are my excuses for me not expressing who I am. I'm going to say these are the reasons I'm going to step on this platform, and this is what I have, and this is how I'm going to move forward doing that. It doesn't matter what I had or didn't have. What matters is that can I serve the person in front of me? So I remember it was December 30th. I'll never forget the guy. I don't have to worry about HIPAA because he's dead. But Bill knocked on my door. We're sitting there putting in these shelves that we bought from Walmart, for crying out loud, right? The Ikea shelves. You know the Ikea shelves where like, like you're afraid, like, please don't put any weight on it because it'll break type thing. So that's what I did. And they were like Walmart shelves and all this stuff. So we putting chairs together and we put stuff together. And this guy knocks on my window and he says, hey, you guys taking new patients. Now, we technically didn't open until January 4th. We isn't me. Didn't open until January 4th. I negotiated a lease, which is not uncommon, to get the first three months for free rent. I said, great. I had $3,000 in my bank account. I went and got furniture. My entire office furniture was $400. I bootstrapped that. But now I didn't have tables. I didn't have any tables. I bought my entire technology department, my computer technology department. <laughs> it just sounded so fancy. I had one computer. <laughs> one computer it was a dell computer that i was paying interest on because i rented there i leased it right <laughs> that's a technology department let me tell you <laughs> but i had one computer one computer and i had the software and i bought the cheapest software it was 99 bucks i remember completely clearly and i put the thing together and then i had to like literally my tables i'd financed my computer i financed i was paying interest on all this stuff so bill knocks on my door I'm putting together office furniture. He says, you're taking new patients. And my buddy's there. He's helping me, helping me out. And uh, he, says, he says, well, actually, I said, shut the f dude. Yes. The answer is yes. 
Yes, we're taking new patients. He's not paying the bloody bills. I am. Yes, we're taking new patients. Come on in. And he says, well, I can't do the appointment now. I'm like, oh, thank God, because I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing set up. And he says, but I'd like to come in tomorrow. Now, technically, we don't open until January 4th. My tables don't even show up till January 5th or 6th. I said, no problem. We'll take care of it. I said, come in tomorrow. We'll set up an appointment. What time works best for you? 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock? He's like, ah, let's do 12 o'clock. I said, fantastic. Come in at 12 o'clock. We'll get you everything taken care of. We'll get your films. We'll get everything done. It's great. Oh, yeah, my x-ray machine. I was financing that, too. It was a 1972 x-ray machine. It was older than I was. <laughs> it was older than I was. So I literally get on, go home, and I'm like, I don't even have tables. Like, how am I going to do a chiropractic examination on this guy? How am I going to assess him? I don't have a table. Am I going to put him on a chair? Like, there's no way I could do this. So I said, all right. Now, I had a friend of mine who lived in Springfield, Illinois. Now, for those that don't know, that's about three and a half hours away. Okay? So I called him up and I said, hey, dude, can I borrow your portable table? And he says, yeah, when do you need it? I said, like, in three and a half hours. He says, what do you mean? I said, I actually am opening my practice. I have a new patient tomorrow. I said, I want to come borrow it and I'll come return it to you like the day after I get my patient or my tables comes in. He says, he goes, yeah, I guess. He goes, yeah, sure. I said, he's like, but I said, I'll pay you for it. I'll pay you 50 bucks. What do you think? Because I couldn't pay him any more than that. And he says, okay, fine. So it's seven o'clock in the evening. I drive down three and a half hours, pick up the table. 10.30, I drive back. It's almost like 2 a.m. before I get home. And I got the table. Now I go into the morning. I do his exam. I do his assessment. Practice isn't even technically open. He pays me 70 bucks for the exam. Cha-ching. Now this guy was an amazing individual. He was, what I didn't share with you is that he had cancer. And he didn't have too long to live. But he taught me something very valuable. He was older. He was like 78, 80 years old. I don't remember exactly. So I watched you, kid. He said, you're resourceful. Because you had nothing figured out. He goes, I walked in today. This whole place is almost put together. I was 26 years old. And I said, thank you. And he said, that is the mentality that's going to take you. When you make decisions in life, that's the mentality that's going to take you to make a difference and go be successful in your business and your ventures in your life. I've never actually publicly shared that story. But it's true. But he gave me the lesson. He gave me the lesson to say, you've got to be resourceful in your life. You've got to figure out that there's time to do things. You've got to act and make time to do things. So three weeks later, three weeks later, I go home and my wife, she says, uh, I missed my period. Are you having an affair? <laughs> Are you having an affair? What, like, how did you miss your period? And I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to get through this? Kids cost money. Kids cost expenses. There's things that come along. I'm not prepared for this. 
I don't have the time for this. I just opened a business. I don't have time for you to get pregnant. Apparently, I had time to make her pregnant. <laughs> but I don't have time for you to get pregnant. And then Bill's words came into my mind. Bill's words came into my mind. And he said, you've got to be resourceful with where you are now. You've got to be resourceful with where you are now. It's never a lack. It's a lack of resourcefulness. And I thought about it. I said, okay, great. I said, so what can I do differently? How can I live differently? How can I make the experience, this experience different? And so I did. So the next morning I got up and I went out. And I talked to every single person I could. And every single time we'd go to the store, I'd sit and say, hi, I'm Dr. Trevetti. I'm the new chiropractor in town. I just opened a practice down the road. Love to take care of you. If I could do anything to help you, please let me know. Oh, great. Okay. I mean, I would go to the grocery store and the lady have an arm wrist on her hand. I'm like, oh, what happened to your arm? What happened to your arm? She's like, oh, it's got a sprained, sprained wrist, Sonny. It's just, yeah, it's, I've had it going on for some time. I'm going to the orthopedic surgeon next week. And I, I said, what if I could help you without going through surgery? I said, oh, no, it's okay. I said, are you sure? I said, I'm happy to take a look at it. It'll be on me. It'll be on my dime. I don't, I don't want you to worry about it. She's like, oh, really? You'd do that for me? Absolutely. I just opened a new practice down the road. Happy to take care of you if I could help you in any way. Come in. If I can help you, I'll let you know. And if I can't, I'll also let you know. But I'll send you where you need to go to make sure that you get the right help that you need. Now, in the meantime, there's a line forming behind me, right? People are getting pissed off at me. I'm creating this line because every single person I had. Here's the thing I realized is that I had the opportunity to serve every single person I ever met in reality. Every person I met was a potential person that I could serve and help. So I didn't let my excuses of, oh, my wife's pregnant. Oh, I'm too prideful. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't believe she's pregnant. That be I didn't let that be my story why I couldn't. It became the reason why I could. She wasn't the reason why I couldn't. She became the anchor of why I did. And the minute I found out, from that moment on, I was gangbusters. And over the course of the next 14 months, 15 months, I built the largest practice in the country, seeing over 1,250 patient visits a week. 1,250 patient visits a week. And from what I know, it's the largest in the country. I don't know if it's in the world. I can't say that. But people said that was the largest and the fastest that's ever been done. From what I know. I could be wrong, but that's what I know. See, the thing is, it's not a lack of time. It wasn't time for her not to get pregnant. It was the exact time that it was presented. It was exactly what I needed for me to become the person I needed to grow into. Right? I could have chose shrinking thinking or I could have chose growth thinking. And I chose growth thinking at that point. And I thank my daughter every single day because she anchored me and created me the, the anchor that I needed to go make a difference in the world. I was already inspired by what I was doing, but she was the reason why I became that. Do you think the universe knows when connection needs to be made for growth? Is the universe wiser than you? Yes. It is. It's far wiser than you. Then why would you deny that? What we do is that when the universe presents us opportunities, we sit and say, we don't have time, or we don't have money, or we don't have opportunity. We don't have the, the, the value. We don't have all these things, and we stop ourselves from growing to it. But here's the thing, what I've learned in my life is that the universe gives you the opportunity when you're ready for it. Does that magically show up? Or does the universe bring that? No, the universe brings it. The universe brings a teacher. But I'll also say this. When the teacher's ready, the student appears. You need both. You can't have one without the other.
See, the other decision, the other reason people shrink themselves is this idea of money. I'll tell you, growth thinking in money is very different than shrinking thinking in money. And it's very simple. It's very simple. People who are investment-oriented, who are growth-oriented, look at money as a form of ROI, which means a return on investment. They look at it as like a return on investment. Based on this money, how much money will I make? That's what they look at. How much energy will I create? Versus what most of the world will say. Most of the world will sit and say that this is an expense. And as long as you keep your expenses your expenses, you stay stuck in shrinking thinking. Every single dime you spend your money on has a return on investment. How many people have gone ahead in their life and put a return on investment and look at it and said, you know what, I'm going to invest in this relationship, this ring, this house, this car, hoping for return on investment in some capacity. You have a return on investment and you have a cost of inaction. Because if you invested correctly in 2008, would you have made more money? Yes, the answer is yes. And I use that number intentionally. Because if you invested in 2008, you were making a load of money. Everyone talks about the crash of 2008. No one talks about the boom of 2008. Because the secret to wealth is not in the masses, it's in the masters. The secret of wealth is not in the masses, it's in the masters. And you have to look at it and say, how is this going to happen? See, the thing is, money is a symptom of your consciousness. It's not the cause. The universe rewards you with more money the more congruent and coherent you become. I'm going to say that again. The universe rewards you with more money the more congruent and coherent you become. No matter what. The third reason we stop ourselves from making decisions is our spouse. Is our spouse. We default our life in the hands of our spouse. We say till death do us part, for better and for worse, as long as it fits my rules and stipulations. Isn't that true? As long as it fits my rules and stipulations, for better or for worse. But what about your life and your choice of growth? What about your choice of being able to create in your life? Of growth thinking versus shrinking thinking? You know, I'm not going to sit here from an ivory tower by any means. I'm not going to be here from an ivory tower by any means. But most spouses I've seen is this. Is they don't empower their life and they ask their spouse for permission in their life. And if you're like me, you're like, I don't need permission. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm independent. I'm strong. No one can tell me what to do. I can make my own decisions. So I had a time when I was married and you could see all these great stories of me being married. You could see why I'm divorced. <laughs> it's pretty apparent. I've learned from those experiences. There was a time when I was married. I was running my business. I was running my practice. And there was a consulting program I was going to do. And this consulting program I was going to do, it was about building business. It was about this new therapy that was out. And long story short, nonetheless, the, the consulting program was $50,000. Now, at that time, my wife she used to run the books and she used to run the books inside then so she used to keep track of all the money 
So I get this thing as $50,000. I'm like, I looked at mathematics. I know this. I got to look at it as ROI. So if I spend $50,000, how much money am I going to make on it? I did the math on it. I calculated it. It's great. I said I should be able to make If I make 50, spend $50,000 this year, I should make at least three hundred to $400,000 on this as an ROI. Fantastic. This makes a smart investment move. I said, great. No problem. I'm going to do this. So I write the check, $50,000. I send it in. Great. Two weeks later, my wife's reconciling the book. She comes up to me. She says, hey, Alok, what's this $50,000 you spent? I said, oh, that's a consulting program we're doing. Yeah, it's coming. I'm going to it next week. No problem. It's all good. And she's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You chose to spend $50,000 without consulting with me? I said, hang on here. Hang on. I'm the CEO of this company. I'm the doctor. I'm the one working in the practice. I'm the one who built this business. I don't need to consult with you. You keep the books. Yeah, you could see why I was dead after that, right? You could see why I was dead. She's like, oh, you don't need to consult with me. I said, I don't. I said, I'm running the business. It's going to make money. It's going to be It's going to be fine. It'll be, it'll be fantastic. She goes, it's $50,000, Alok. $50,000. That's a lot of money. You guys tell me, how many people have the sa- exact same consciousness as your spouse with money? You have exactly the opposite consciousness of money. I'm an entrepreneur. She was not an entrepreneur. She's an employee. Great. So here's where I am. I'm like, I'm going to take business advice from you when you've never been in business. Okay, that's my pride talking. Don't get me wrong. I hear you. I get it. But I was like, why would I take business advice from you? I said, it's my business. I'm running it. I'm taking it from people who are going to make us more money. We're going to be fine. So for the next five days, we didn't talk. (laughs) For the next five days, not a word was said between the two of us. And she basically, we sat down and she talked to me. I said, I said, what? I said, I don't understand what the problem is. I said, I don't need to ask you for permission to do this business, to build business, to grow. Like, I've built all this on my, without asking for permission. She said, she goes, you're so stupid. I said, what do you mean? She's like, you're so stupid. I said, why am I stupid? She said, you don't understand what it's like to be your spouse. I said, No. She's like, I'm not asking for you to ask me permission. She goes, I'm asking for you to ask me for my support. She goes, you went and spent this money. She goes, but what if I could have supported you inside that process? I said, huh. So what do you mean by that? She's like, what if, what if you came up to me and said to me, hey, look, I'm super certain about this program, uh, this, this consulting program we're going to do, and it's going to help me grow our business. It's going to help us grow our, our income. I think we're going to make a better ROI of it. It's going to help us do a lot more things in our life, and I think it's going to be very valuable. So she says, instead of you actually asking for permission from me, what if you said to me, hey, I don't need your permission. I'm not looking for your permission. I'm just looking for your support to, to help me along this process if I, if I need some help to guide me through that. Would that be okay? I said, oh, I never, never thought about that. And she's like, I understand. You think differently. And I said, but I thought that you were going to tell me if I did do that, that you've done programs before and they didn't work. You, did, you invest in this consulting program before and it didn't work. And she said, I probably would. She goes, but here's the thing I want you to understand. She goes, even if you did, even if I did say that, she goes, maybe I'm just challenging how certain you are and actually you're going to do this work. Maybe I'm just challenging how certain you are about this product. 
And she goes, if you could have convinced me, then that means that you probably wanted it. And you probably would make it successful. It's interesting. Because how easily I was swayed in my ego. How easily I was swayed in thinking that I knew what was best for everyone. And I was walking around in guilt and shame thinking I needed permission from her rather than simply just asking for her support and guidance as I made the decision for us and myself in the business. And the last reason, and I think this one's probably one of the biggest and the scariest, and that's self-value. When you don't value yourself, you stay stuck. When you don't value yourself, you don't grow. When you don't value yourself, you keep yourself empty inside of your growth process in business and decisions. What you'll do is when you have no self-value, you'll keep yourself in shrinking thinking versus growing. You won't look at it and say, I can grow my life. You'll stay stuck and say, I don't deserve this. I don't value myself. I can't make this happen. I need to stay stuck in this paradigm so that I stay here. And the reality is, is that the more you stay there, the more you stay stuck in that, it becomes an issue of self-worth. And this self-value becomes something that you now look for everyone else to give you rather than stepping into it with making a decision for yourself. How do I value myself more? And not uh, an arrogance value, but a true love and respect of who I am as an individual. Because when you do that, then we lose the fear and the shame that's holding us back. How many people can see that if you have guilt and shame in your life, you're giving your wealth and your money and your time and everything away? And what you do is you stop your life growing. Most people become disillusioned at that time. And they'll delude themselves from living their life. So I challenge you to make decisions that are based on growth thinking in your life. Every single possible day. One of my mentors was a guy named Larry Wilson. He was mentored directly by a guy named Abraham Maslow. So Abraham Maslow told Larry Wilson, he said, whatever you choose in your life, to live a life of self-actualization, what you have to do is you have to live continuously in moving towards what you want and expression of life, not shrinking in your life. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe so you're notified when the next episode is posted. Rate, review, and share this podcast with someone you think will like it. And remember, you can always find the visual version of this podcast on my YouTube channel. Just search Dr. Rewired. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you at the next perfect time. Thanks a lot.